Hi, I'm Jenna. I'm Thea's mum, and she was born on the 19th of March 2021. It's been two years since pregnant women in England were ordered to stay at home and isolate. Now, we had no idea how the pandemic would play out, but the weeks and months that followed saw expectant mothers give birth alone tiny newborns shut away from the world and families left without adequate postpartum care, all while our healthcare system did its best to keep us safe. I'm Philippa Giu, one of the mums who had to face this reality as my daughter was born in July 2020. Join me as I share the experiences of the families who welcomed their little ones during a global pandemic. A warning, some parts of this interview might be difficult to listen to. But these are the stories of the lockdown babies. Thank you so much for being here, Jenna. Look, 19th of March 2021 was a whole year after pregnant women were first told to isolate. A whole year, but Theo was still born into a pandemic. What do you remember about, I suppose, the state of the world at that time? So when she was born, we were back in a lockdown. It did feel like things were starting to lift slightly. When we were in hospital, it still felt very full-on COVID. There were a lot of COVID restrictions, one in, one out with with parents and no visitors and masks all of the time. So in the hospital setting itself, it did feel like height of pandemic. I suppose it has to be, but I guess There was a slight sense of optimism as we were sort of moving away from the lockdown that had come into place just after Christmas 2020. Yeah, Yeah. so that was like the big three, the three month January, February, March lockdown, wasn't it? And I guess that means that you spent so much of your pregnancy and that big, that big chunk at the end of your pregnancy, either under some kind of restrictions or in a full on lockdown. What was it like being pregnant at that time? I think I felt it a lot more during the pregnancy than I did after Thea was born. Obviously, we were still impacted after she was born, but you're sort of in your own little world in that newborn bubble anyway. So I think it's a bit less impactful. But certainly when I was pregnant, I felt like I missed out a lot um no no baby shower didn't even consider having a baby shower it just wasn't something that was on my radar because the whole way through my pregnancy I just knew that it wasn't going to be an option my family missed my whole pregnancy because I'm based in Bristol and all of my family are over in Guernsey which was basically shut off from the rest of the world because being an island they had the luxury if you want to call it call it that of kind of closing themselves off from travel in and out which meant that they had lower cases but I think the the emotional impact of that certainly on my family I can't speak for anyone else was was quite great because I think most people residing in Guernsey have family connections elsewhere So you're always going to feel that distance acutely when you don't have the option to travel. You could not enter Guernsey at one point. There was a part of it where you could isolate, right, for two weeks if you wanted to get in there. And then actually there was one point where it was just flat out no, except for like very exceptional circumstances. 
No, exactly. I tried. I did try. I had quite a low point in my pregnancy where I I, I just felt quite desperate. I, I couldn't see any of my family and it's quite a, a lonely time anyway. Like you don't know your own body, everything's changing and you, you need that family support. And I had my husband, but he's at work and you can't just rely on your partner. You kind of need more of a, a network, if you like. So I did, I did get over in September 2020. And I think that was a time of optimism. We didn't really know that a second wave was coming. Actually, it was a really interesting time because I arrived feeling quite positive about things like, yes, I'm going to see them all at Christmas. Uh, we're going we're going in the right direction. I think I had to isolate for a week whilst I was there. And then I was out after that and I was 12 weeks pregnant. So I did see them. But sounds silly, but you don't feel pregnant at 12 weeks. I was sort of like... Maybe because medically, you're not really seen until that point. So I saw them then. And then I think the day before I was leaving, things started getting reported again, that these massive number number of positive cases were happening. And then I remember feeling really nervous about going back to the UK, not because I was fearful of COVID particularly, but it just felt like this sense of impending doom where... I'd thought things were getting better and actually the reality of it was we were about to go back the other way and it was all about to get much, much worse and become very apparent that I wasn't going to see my family for the rest of my pregnancy then. That was it. Uh, I don't think they met Thea until she was at least two months old. So to think that your family didn't get to meet her, you just feel so sad for them, right? Yeah, and the pregnancy thing and when they were and when she was born, I remember at Christmas I was gutted that we couldn't see them for Christmas. And we did like a Zoom call, like I feel everyone everyone did that, a family Zoom and we had a quiz. And my dad saw me. And I think it must have been the first time he'd actually seen me with a bump. And he had to leave the room crying. I think it just sort of hit him that, oh, actually, she's she's going through this massive period of her life and I'm not there to see it. So, yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, to see your dad cry as well, like, it's just, you know, it's bad, right? Well, he's an emotional guy. Oh, he's a bit of a crier. <laughs> <laughs> we have an ongoing joke that it's like, cries adverts, but still. <laughs> now... You mentioned that you weren't particularly worried about catching COVID. It was more that isolation and the uncertainty around when you'd next see your family. Were you ever worried about catching COVID during your pregnancy? No, weirdly not. I I, I can't really explain it. I don't think I ever just paid it that much attention because I just wanted to stay in my own little like safe bubble. Uh, maybe towards the end of pregnancy, I was a bit more wary because at the time, the narrative was people in their third trimester are much more at risk. I guess the thought process was, obviously, you don't want to be in labour when you've got COVID because you need your lungs. (laughs) It's hard work. So yeah, it made sense. I was wary, but I think because nothing was going on, I wasn't seeing anyone. I just 
I just didn't feel like I was going to get it, to be honest. I certainly had mum friends who were much more anxious than I. A couple who got to a certain point in their pregnancy and they didn't want to see, they didn't want to see me or not just me, but so, I mean, certainly there was anxieties around, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't worry me. I think I was just much more affected by the, by the whole isolation, both literally and figuratively feeling isolated, literally being isolated. And then when Thea was born, that was the hardest part in terms of the COVID restrictions in hospital. You had a home birth. Yes. And then you were transferred to hospital. So did you choose to have a home birth because of the pandemic or do you think you would have done that anyway? I wanted to do it anyway. I always had that in my mind as something that I wanted to have if it was possible, if Thea allowed. I know several of my mum friends made the home birth decision because of the pandemic and not wanting to be in a in a hospital environment because they felt more at risk. Uh, for me, that wasn't motivation. I think it was a bonus. I was quite worried that they would make home births, basically home births wouldn't go ahead. I think that's going on now, actually. I've seen there's a few places that have basically stopped doing home births yeah and actually at the very beginning so like when I had my baby in July 2020 home births weren't an option then and then I think they sort of brought them back and then now they're reverting back again yeah it's, it's surprising but no we were we were very lucky everything was straightforward with the birth I had two midwives in our home Thea was born in the birthing pool and then it wasn't until probably an hour after she was born and then we were transferred into hospital. So Alex was allowed in with me. We were, he couldn't come in the ambulance, but he drove up later and he was in hospital. All, we were all wearing masks and then they said, oh, you're going to have to stay. And I think initially they said, you will be staying, but dad can't stay, to which I had a meltdown, as you can imagine. And they were great. And they arranged for us to have a side room in the maternity ward where Alex was actually allowed to stay with us. And he stayed for the first two nights, I think he, he stayed. He had to stay in the in the room because uh, except for visiting hours basically because they didn't want any of the other mums to know that he was there which is nice but weird so he was just like hidden away like not allowed to leave the room yeah like squirreled away in our room and there was no bathroom in our room so we sort of had to like sneak out and go to a little toilet yeah it's very odd but then after that he he left and then was only allowed back for visiting hours and in in the maternity ward we were both allowed in at the same time but no other visitors so I guess it wasn't as much of a factor because my family weren't there anyway but had my parents been around they wouldn't have been allowed to come and meet her because at the time it was it was no visitation basically aside from parents then we got moved to the children's hospital so a separate a separate unit and there they were much stricter so it was one parent in one parent out so Alex wasn't there at all that must have been so hard. How long did he go without seeing Thea? 
So he came, I think he came every other day, but I would have to leave. He'd have to wait outside. I'd come out. We'd have to leave Thea on her own because it wasn't a maternity ward where there are midwives all the time. It was just a standard children's ward. So there wasn't an assigned nurse to her. So we'd just have to leave our newborn baby in the room on her own so that we could go and switch. I'd go home, have a shower, try and have a bit of sleep until he ran out of milk because I'd just express so that he could give her some food. Obviously, newborn babies feed a lot. I usually only gave me like two hours and then I'd come back and we'd switch over again. But it just felt so lonely. I often think I wonder if it would have felt easier if Alex had been there with me. And I'm 100% sure that it would have. Because when you're in it at the time, you don't really think this is because of COVID. You just, I guess you become acclimatised to it and you're like, this is the way the hospitals are. But it's absolutely not. Like you would have both parents there to support one another not just you your newborn baby sat in a room by yourself except for when you click the buzzer so that someone comes in to help um I sometimes I look back and wish I'd advocated for myself a bit better or asked for more or asked for more help when being alone in hospital but at the time you just don't and you just it's only really afterwards when I think you have a a second to think that wasn't right what you say about advocating for yourself I think that's exactly the feeling I had afterwards when you're preparing for labor and birth I did a lot of sort of hypnobirthing stuff and it's all about advocating for yourself in that birthing process and I was really prepared to do that I was lucky that I didn't really have to because everything was straightforward but no one ever says anything about advocating for yourself when you're in hospital afterwards because no one talks about the possibility of you having to stay in, in hospital after. No, nobody thinks you're going to have a poorly baby. Yeah. And I think that's what made it so much harder because I thought I'm the only person in the world ever to have a poorly baby who has to stay in hospital afterwards. And I'd had all these visions of us being safe at home in our little nest and that felt like the rug was kind of swept out from under underneath me because suddenly I was in this sterile environment. I couldn't even see people's faces. All of the nurses were wearing masks. So you don't even that have that level of human connection with the people who are there to support you because you can't see their expressions. You can't touch people. No one can give you a hug when you're having meltdowns, as I'm sure you did when you were in hospital. It's such an emotionally vulnerable time and on top of just being in hospital there's this there's even more distance created because of the pandemic that's going on yeah it's just really awful (laughs) yeah what what does your husband say about that time because you know also it must have been really hard for him Thea is also his baby half his baby and half yours right yes you grew her and birthed her but she's still half him and he missed out you know does he feel like he missed out on those first few days and weeks of her life I don't know if he feels like he missed out but I know it was a really tough time for him to deal with anxieties because he'd been quite anxious prior to having a baby anyway kind of took a bit of talking around to the idea I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing but his his mum had MS whilst he was growing up so uh, throughout his whole childhood and she ended up passing away 
uh, when he was uh, late 20s, I think. So she lived for a long time, but he did have to watch that decline. And I think he was hesitant about having a, a child because he thought, I don't want to put myself in a position where I care for someone so much and then they're unwell and I, I have to deal with all of those difficult emotions again. So when it came to light that Thea, there was potentially something wrong with Thea and we needed to get transferred into hospital, my thoughts actually went straight to him. I wasn't particularly worried about Thea. I think because she presented so well, I was just like, it's fine. They're just going to take a quick look at her and be like, oh, no worries, go back home. But I remember being in the ambulance with the midwife and saying, I'm really worried about Alex because this is his worst nightmare realised. And whilst we were in hospital, he didn't have the comfort of being with her 24-7 and seeing that she was actually perfectly well. He just had to leave us and was left on his own with his thoughts when he got home. So I think he spent a lot of time on the phone to his dad and just talking things through and he'd FaceTime us but you know I was occupied a lot of the time he dealt with it to me I in front of me he dealt with it remarkably well but I know that both of us still have some unresolved things that we really need to talk through with someone impartial before we consider having a second pregnancy, which I'm now at the place where I I hope that we do. I was very uncertain at first when she was first born. It really shook my ideas of how I'd always seen our family. I'd always seen us as having more than one baby. And then suddenly this really traumatic experience when she was born, I kind of thought, oh, I don't know if I want to go through this again. And certainly Alex felt the same. I think he's maybe a step behind me because I'm now like I want another baby <laughs> and pregnancy is going to be great because I can have a baby shower and I can go and have brunch and hang out with other pregnant people. You've come around to the idea but it, it really shook you yeah as so many people have said that I was exactly the same as well just thinking well no that's it you know she's going to be an only child when that's not what you imagined for your family or for your life but the fact that you had a baby in the pandemic has marred it so badly that it could potentially like change the course of your whole life. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I know you were actually really helpful. I can't remember how old Thea was at the time, but I know we had a conversation about PTSD and the value of of talking to someone impartial. Uh, we're quite lucky in that I haven't seen them yet, but we do have a psychologist as part of Thea's team. So she's got an endocrine specialist team. So her condition is to do with hormones. So her her team is like endocrinologists. And there is a psychologist within that team who will see Thea as she grows up, but also there for us as the as the parents of her and kind of dealing with the things that arise from her condition. When you look back now and you think about that time and those first few weeks and months, how does it make you feel now when you look back? Sad. I I think from the day to day, I am fine. I'm fine with Thea and I don't really, 
I'm not particularly affected by her having a medical condition. I don't often think about our experience at the start of her life because the rest of it has been so wonderful that, you know, two weeks where we were in hospital, it's it's a blip on the radar. But when I go back into hospital for checkups and I'm back in the same place, all of the emotions come back to me and I feel very panicked. My last appointment was better, but there've been a couple of times where just on the drive, I approach the building and I start having a meltdown, like crying because all of these emotions come back that I think I've dealt with, but clearly I haven't. There is a bit of anger for the loneliness that I felt. The amount of time that we were just sat in a room by ourselves and no one coming to check on us when I didn't have my partner there with me, that makes me feel really upset. And don't get me wrong, I know that the NHS and the staff who work there are absolutely on their knees and and rushed off their feet. And I don't hold any individual to account, but I think I'm angry at the system and how how understaffed they are, how how poor the the service really is that they can provide because they just don't have the resources to do any better. It made that experience harder than it was going to be anyway. It was always going to be hard having having a baby in hospital for a couple of weeks when you really want to be at home in your safe space. But I don't know, just to have someone there with you to hold your hand would have made the world of difference. And yeah, I do. I do feel sad about it and certainly we were talking about thinking about second pregnancies and I've uh when I think about the potential of being in hospital again at the start of their lives it makes me feel very panicked I kind of want to be like nope I'm never staying in hospital ever again and I'm sure it wouldn't be as bad because in non-covid times it wouldn't just be me on my own I'd have some support and I'd have visitors and I'd like to think that it would be a bit better but I just can't get past what my experience actually was. Maybe counselling will help. If you could speak to our Prime Minister and the people at the top who decided that you should be alone in the hospital after your baby was born, what would you say to them? I think it's hard to give a fair answer at the moment because at the time of recording, obviously all of the stuff is coming out about parties in number 10 and I honestly feel seething that if the people who made the policies and the restrictions couldn't stick to them themselves for the sake of an odd party maybe they were not (laughs) the best restrictions to be making and the sacrifices that we all had to make when actually they weren't following the rules themselves it's just outrageous. So yeah, it's it's a really tough one to answer. There are people who have had relatives who have become seriously ill from COVID and have obviously passed away. So it's hard to say we never should have made them because I'm sure lives were saved from the restrictions being in place. I can't help from just because of the experiences that I had can't help but wish that we just put people's mental health and those sort of things higher priority than they seem to have been but the whole the whole country made huge sacrifices to be honest I feel like worse for those that had babies 
when you did, really, children whose whole lives, the two-year-olds, basically, their whole lives so far have been COVID in such a key developmental period of their life. And it's all been masks and restrictions. And Do you worry about that, about whether Thea will be affected because she was born into a pandemic? I don't, but I think that's only because of when she was born. So March 2021, everything sort of increasingly has been opening up. We haven't really had any more restrictions been put back in place since she's been at an age where she's aware and she's really starting to socialise a bit more. So I think if we suddenly got plunged into another lockdown now, at the age she is now, at 10 months... I definitely would worry about it because she is a very social baby and I feel like she'd much rather be around other babies and children than being stuck at home looking at my face constantly. (laughs) Uh, So really I feel for people who are kind of a year behind us. It's been so hard for so many people, hasn't it? Thank you so much for giving up your time to talk to me. I know you probably could have used this precious hour to do a million other things, laundry, cleaning, having a rest, but thank you for choosing to speak to me instead. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm uh, I'm actually very pleased that I didn't start crying. I think there was one point where I was on the verge but I thought earlier today I was like I'm definitely gonna cry I'm definitely gonna cry well I Um, did joke that I should maybe like post everyone a box of tissues before we start recording because it's a lot it's a lot to relive and to think about that time in in such detail when day to day you know like you said we're just getting on with our lives and trying to keep our tiny humans alive but it's a lot to think about it's cathartic though I think we need to talk about it I think all of us, all of us do, even if you think you weren't affected by the pandemic during your pregnancy or when you first had your babies, I bet you were. (laughs) And I think just talking through your experiences, it's the first step to uh, recovering from them, I guess, and coming to terms with what your experience was and the difficulties that that were involved. I think having a baby is always going to be tricky, but having it in the middle of a pandemic... It's a, it's a lot. Thank you so much to Jenna for sharing her story. I'm Philippa Giu and you've been listening to Lockdown Babies. For help and support related to birth trauma or birth-related PTSD, please visit the show notes where you'll find links to some useful resources. If you'd like to get in touch, visit ogpodcasts.co.uk or follow us on Instagram. Just search Lockdown Babies Podcast. Bye-bye for now.